What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had on the program one of the best, if not the best, young lifters in the game right now, Austin Perkins, elite-level single-ply and raw lifter, and we get to the bottom of the great debate. Is he still overlooked and underrated? Uh, I, I've had a lot of fun with Perk on the show uh, seemingly at will, and he's been a great sport about it. But we do talk about that because um, it's bought up a lot. It's a, it's a, at this point, it's a meme, and we discuss if he believes he's under, if he's underrated still, overlooked, and we also talk about just how much has changed since the last time he's on the show. Uh, we had him on the show like two years ago, and since then he has turned himself into. Like I said at the beginning of the show, one of the, not even the best young lifter in the sport, one of the best lifters in the sport, totaled 800 kg at his last meet. He is knocking on the doorstep of Taylor Atwood. We discussed that as well. We discussed the 74s as a whole. Uh, we also get into a little conversation about who he believes is underrated and overlooked, male and female lifters. Uh, me and Steve are probably going to dive a little deeper into that with the two white lights discussion, but pretty good conversation there. Uh, talk about his next meet, his goals for his next Pete, next meet in single ply at junior and collegiate nationals really excited goals for him there and he gives a lifter rating as well i think an extremely fair lifter rating for him and we discuss a few things about his future he is known as the future and we discuss uh some of that as well so terrific interview with austin always a great time when he is on the show but before we get into that got to talk to you guys about Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com and make sure to follow them on Instagram because you will see the Leflar family growing and the merchandise they are putting out. I love the designs, the merch, the just the material of the clothing as well. In my opinion, it is the best powerlifting clothing brand out there and you can get all of their stuff discounted if you use that promo code 2WL15 get 15% off of anything on that website use that promo code 2WL15 make yourself look good it's a brand for the powerlifter for the powerlifting community they are doing so much to help this community just sponsored the Texas Saints Classic gonna sponsor more meets in the future they are for the lifters and that is the best type of company to support and on top of that their merchandise is fucking dope it's awesome. It looks great. And as if it could get any better, they have Two White Lights merch there as well. You can only get Two White Lights merchandise on leftlarbros.com. And again, use promo code 2WL15 and you will save some money. So get the Fight Night tee, get the original tee, get the dad hat, 2WL15, save yourself some money. Also, go to rivalist.net, use promo code ANGELO15 to get 15% off of your informed Choice supplements. Informed choice supplements are big if you are a drug test and lifters like a lot of you are. I know there's a few, a few that are not, but most of our population who listens to the show are drug test and lifters. Don't break a drug test. Get informed choice supplements, pre-workout, branched amino acids, protein, you name it, Rivals got you covered. Also, go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. I only wear stoic gear in the gym and on the platform. I love the wrist wraps, the singlet, the knee sleeves, the belt. Use promo code ANGELO10 and you can get 10% off all Stoic gear, including the white label, the green label, the black label, and the original logo. 
all of it. Use promo code Angelo10 and get 10% off. Also, make sure you are on Notorious Lift. Follow me on Instagram and check out the website as well. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter because you can't get yourself some no-slip drip slippers and the ones that you want if you don't get on those drops. Those drops are important because those things sell quick and they're only going to sell quicker. They have so many collabs and so many designs and they're looking so good. They just they just teased a camo design yesterday and it, lo- it looks beautiful. Everything looks beautiful that they make and if you're going to deadlift, might as well look pretty doing it. I mean, that's like 90% of the deadlift is looking good. So again, make sure you are on Notorious Lift. Follow me on Instagram, sign up for that newsletter, and don't miss out on those drops. Also, we are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Follow on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review. We might be a pro-negativity podcast at times, but we're pro-positivity in the ratings and reviews. Five-star rating, leave a review, and without further ado, here it is, two white lights. And as promised, I got with me, in my opinion, and I think everyone else's opinion, one of the best young lifters in the world right now, and I think one of the best lifters in the world right now, 74 kg Austin Perkins. How are you, man? I'm good, man. I appreciate the introduction. You know, I don't get a lot of that, you know, and that gets of being underrated and all, you know. Yeah, that's the first question I have. Are you overlooked? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely overrated. Overrated? You're overrating yourself now, huh? I'm, under, I'm underrated. I'm underrated. I'm, I'm underrated. I don't know why that came out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely underrated. Sorry, I just, I was looking at something. My bad. My bad. Yeah. I mean, I mean, geez. I mean, the dichotomy of man here. First, no, you're under, you're overlooked. You're underrated. Now you're overrating yourself. But um, so hold on. Do you honestly believe in 2021 that you? The number two seventy four kg lifter in the world right now is overlooked and underrated. Um, in complete honesty, I don't believe that. Um, I would say you know underrated, but I feel like people put people over me that honestly shouldn't be over me at the moment. You get what I'm saying? Like who? The only person, the only person that I see over you consistently is Atwood. Right now. Yes. yes. But some people, whenever they be like, oh, well, when do you, when do you think, what, are the, what is the podium going to look like? Let's use that. What is, what is the podium going to look like for Raw Nationals? Usually they go Taylor first, of course, which is understandable. I'm not, I'm not upset about that at all because he's number one. And then they usually put someone else over me. There's always someone else over me, no matter what. Who? <laughs> but who is that other person? <laughs> Michael, Michael or Richard. Michael or Richard. They just swear Michael's bench is going to carry him. Like, I, just carry them. Here's, here's the thing, though. I think in 2019, yes, people were saying that. And I guess that was probably the truth, right? You know, if yeah. C doesn't have a bench mishap and, you know, the cramping situation, it looked like he was getting second that day. And then 
But that happens, and you take second, and Pug comes three. Now in 2020, especially what we've seen C do, you know what I mean, at the Arnold, Mm -hmm. unfortunately he bombs out on bench, and then after that people are like, hey, you know, that's two straight competitions you bomb out on. It doesn't look like he's the guy anymore. Then he got Pug, right? And if I'm going to be honest with you and me, I don't think, I mean, I think Pug talked himself into that two spot. Yeah. He made he like marketed himself as the number two guy when most people are like, uh, I think C and Perk are the other two guys that we're looking at more. Then he, when we saw what happened in March around this time last year, it started to become yeah. okay, let's see if Pug can total eight hundred and Perk doesn't have a competition for a while. And after that now, <laughs> doesn't look like Pug's that guy either. So I yeah. think right now the consensus for every single lifter in the USAPL and IPF, minus a few Pug fanboys, because I think right now people are being, being pretty realistic with C, is yeah. you're definitely the next guy in line. And especially when you take in that 800 kilo total you put up, it's like right now it's Atwood and Perk, and C looks to be number three right now. I know he's going to try to do – whatever he can to get out yeah, of that. Of course, yeah. But right now, if I if like Vegas had some odds on it, it's it's Atwood and you. I don't think I don't think anyone is putting C or Pug above you right now. I think I, I think the days of you being overlooked are done, man. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I pray to God. This is I just have and I, I use it though. Like I, I we joke around about it all the time of course saying I'm I'm underrated, which I know Completely out of everything, I'm not underrated, but mm-hmm. I like using that because it's like it fuels me, you know, it pushes me. I'm like, oh well, people are keep saying that Taylor's number one. I'm gonna keep using that, which he is number one. Mm-hmm. But don't think that you know, like I'm not right behind him, like right behind. Like before, yeah. it was like, oh, people be like, oh yeah, number two is definitely Blake LaHoop. Like for sure, he was number oh. two, but he was nowhere. He was he was nowhere near close. Though. He was he wasn't close. He would try to pull whatever he had to pull seven fifty on the bar to, to beat Taylor. Yeah, like it's it's come to a point now where honestly Taylor can't miss a lift. Like the nine for nine thing is like if he goes nine for nine, it's going to be harder to beat him, but it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. You get know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But if he misses one of those lifts, I'll be I'll be right there, and it'll be close. Yeah, and, and that's the th- I think now everyone acknowledges that. I think right now, based on your numbers and what we've seen, if you execute, and that's another thing, you don't really, you're not known for a guy who doesn't execute on game day. It's actually the opposite. Like if you hit something in the gym, we're not, we're not on on Instagram or at home saying like, eh, we don't know if he's gonna hit it on the platform. We know you're probably gonna hit that on the platform or go above that. There are lifters. Mm-hmm. Or like that, I think C and Pug are definitely those two lifters who, when we see them hit something in the gym, like, all right, let's see how the weight cut affects them. Let's see how they execute on the platform because occasionally they don't execute those lifts on the platform. So I think, but like, I think right now everyone is still acknowledging that you, if you have a nine for nine day, it's going to be real close, closer than it's ever been between having a new 74 kg national champion. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. At first, like, I think I've said this before, I don't know if I have, but it's just crazy how a couple years ago, exactly probably two years ago, I would not expect people to be like, oh, 
Austin has a chance of beating Taylor. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's a possibility. You get what I'm saying? I don't think yeah. it would come that fast. Like, two years ago, if someone told me that I'd be number two right now, I would 100% not believe him. I'd be like, okay. So, like, having that, though, honestly, is like, it shocks me to this day. Yeah. So yeah. Have, have, have your rivals become your, your, your idols become your rivals. Yeah, I mean, if you if you go back to the Two Eye Lights episode that we did, I mean, it was about two years ago. I think it might have been after Open Nationals that we did it. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. it was so. it was yeah it was right after that. And I think I posed a question, or I think we were both were kind of like, yeah, it doesn't look like anyone's catching up to Atwood. Which I think <laughs> the, here's the thing: I think the whole King of the Lift 74 kg battle was a year premature. I think yeah. that I think that that battle that rivalry quote-unquote rivalry between all you guys, who's going to win, who's going to have the best performance, was in, in 2019 and wasn't the appropriate time to have that argument. Because, exactly. because Atwood was so far above everyone else, and I think 2020 was the time to really have that argument, um, minus you know COVID happening. Because that's when you really got to see you kind of excel and who would who would stay on top and who would fall off. Mm-hmm. And right now, I mean, I, I think I think my my pick for I said within the two years, Perk is eventually going to be that guy, and I just assume C and Pug might be eighty three by then, which I, that might be yeah, the I case think, by the end of twenty twenty one. I know I C is that, definitely debating yeah. being eighty three, and Pug really I don't know Pug if he's you know doing TikTok, if he's doing more of the marketing thing. And if he's going to go up in weight class, because he's obviously had some issues with his weight. I mean, he completely missed weight last meet. So I think 83 is in the future for them too. But I think within the two two or three year span, it's like, this is going to be Perk's division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, what you said about that, I think, honestly, to just speak on this, I think Michael should go up and it's not to, I know people think, oh, he just, he just doesn't want to compete against him. But that's not it at all. I just, honestly, I think he would do, amazing in 83s like he'd be a top 83 like right out of the gate mm-hmm. but he just needs to go up like he's even at the local meet he had the last meet he was he said he was cramping up mm-hmm. like at that point man like it's, it's about your health and like you just need to move up like mm-hmm. you'll get you'll be a lot stronger that that almost 200 kg bench will probably shoot up to like 210 220 your squat's gonna go up your deadlift's gonna freaking skyrocket mm-hmm. like just at this point, I just think he needs to go up and pug. I don't even know what Pug's doing right now. Like you said, like I don't know if he's doing the marketing thing. Uh, he, is he on the roster for? Oh yeah, he's for he's, nationals. He's, I didn't, I, he's on there. He's just not, you know, like okay, like okay. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even know he was on. There. Yeah, 2019, 2020, you know, Pug was talking it up on either Instagram or whatever social media source of competing at Raw Nationals, and now it doesn't seem to be the case. Either he's learned from. His past mistakes, I guess I, I would quote unquote mistakes. Uh, I, I think uh, it was a cold take saying that Taylor was going to be number four. Those are Pug's words, not not mine. But I think either it's it's just him trying not to make the same mistake of hyping something up or talking as much trash and then not performing, and you know making sure there's not an added element of pressure with that added trash talk so i i mean but honestly i i just haven't seen a whole lot from him and when things are going well you know he's the type of guy who would post it and let people know 
But exactly. I mean, I mean, it's, it's same thing with you, what you said with C is when he's right now. It seems like the the weight cut is having an issue with him, and that was one of my factors contributing to reason why I thought you by twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two is going to be the national champion at seventy four. It's because you have all the right things. You have the numbers, obviously, but you don't have to. You have to gain. You you probably eat into the weigh in, right? Yeah, I definitely eat to the wave. Yeah, you, you probably don't have a whole lot of elements of, var- of variables to to factor in when you're you know competing. So you're going to be good as far as progress goes. Yeah, it's, it, honestly, to be completely honest, when I woke up this morning, I was one sixty three on the dot. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. So I usually do eat into weigh-ins, which I think is like a huge factor when it comes to lifting, especially since like I eat the night before other people can they need to use that time after weigh-ins to uh refuel themselves when i don't have to like i'm already good like they their squat might not be their strongest because they have to gain that weight back yeah. whereas me i already have the same weight i've been training with the whole time yeah yeah so i think all that those factors come into play where it's like okay he is legit the future of 74 so when you look at that right now and then i posted yesterday uh you know maybe with this interview in in mind who do you believe the most underrated lifter in powerlifting is? So many people tagged you to a point where I think if you are being acknowledged as being as un, as underrated as you either claim or state to be, and so many people rate you as underrated, I don't think you're underrated anymore. I think if I, there had to be about you had to, you definitely had number one. I know a lot of people are being sarcastic. And that sarcasm probably yeah. speaks a light that you're not underrated. But I, I always said that underrated, overrated label in sports is interesting because once somebody gets that underrated label, they're no longer underrated because people are yeah. acknowledging that they're great. And I think I, I think as of right now, like uh, I, I would have to take you off that list. I think when we make that post again, I think if somebody tags you, it's like, no, we can't we can't keep them on the list because <laughs> I, I actually, comment, yeah, because comment. aside, yeah, because aside from, because aside from, you know, maybe, uh, cause Pug has a huge fan base. Maybe some yeah. people who like legit still think Pug has a chance at dethroning Atwood, which it's crazy to me, but I, it's just, it's not, it's just not true. Um, and I, again, I, I think C was always pretty low key in the, the first place, but I don't think yeah, a whole lot of people are yeah. saying now that C is going to be the next guy. I think, I think uh, you, you know you have the label that I you deserve right now, and that's the best young lifter in the sport right now. I would put you on the best young lifter in all of tested powerlifting. That would be my claim. Is the best. That. I don't see another. I mean, at twenty one years old, already contending for a national championship spot, definitely going to be within that top three range. I can't say with out of a shadow of a doubt someone's going to be better than that in the young in the uh, the junior weight classes and the teen weight classes. I appreciate that. Uh, but I can say that I never put who I thought was the most underrated lifter. Yeah, um, that's just a good question. Who, yeah, yeah who, yeah, who would you say would be the under, most underrated lifter? That's, that's honestly a tough one. Because I did see, like, I saw what other people said and they were taking it seriously. And now that I think about it, Probably, I'll go guy and girl. One guy for sure, I would say is um, Mikey D. For sure. Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. Mm-hmm. 
Like I, I, I don't know if, if Instagram has him shadow banned or what, or if I don't follow him anymore. But I do not even see his posts on Instagram. The only time I see his posts is when Joey posts him on his story. Yeah, honestly. But other than that, though, I look, I go and look at his stuff. I'm like, shh. Like this guy's freaking strong, man. I'm like, why is no one talking about this guy? Like, do they not see him? Like, yeah. Do you see what I see? Because it's it's just crazy. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that one. I had another person. Actually, you know what? I think I would have to. I think I would have to put Mikey D as the most underrated lifter because of this reason, and not even the Instagram part. Because I think a lot of it is because he's just not active on Instagram. You know, what I, mean? I think okay. power lifters right now live and die by social media and who who gets king of the lifts reposts and who's talked about this week and who's talked about the other weeks. I think powerlifting is a little bit too focused on that. Here's the big reason for me: he was number two in 2019. Raw Nationals in the ultra, ultra competitive 105 kg weight class that has arguably the best lifter in it and the most consistent lifter in it, I think, is Bryce Lewis. So Ashton Roska, mm-hmm. the best lifter on uh, good lift points. Bryce Lewis, one of the most consistent lifters you're going to get. And I think people just naturally assume that, one, I think people naturally assume that Ashton won just because Ashton has been just so dominant afterwards and it was actually Bryce Lewis who won, but... Actually, he wasn't even second. Mikey D was second, and the, and you do not get past Ashton Rouska without being a phenomenal lifter, without being a phenomenal, phenomenal lifter. And I don't think people acknowledge it as much. Uh, I, I at Raw Nationals, uh, many many of the insiders, many of the people within powerlifting definitely acknowledge that Mikey D was the man, but or is is one of the best lifters in the world, but. When you got into the do- debates on some social media, uh, mm-hmm. you know some of the some of the powerlifting pages, he wasn't bought up a lot. And then since then, a lot of time has passed, and people still don't acknowledge that he was the number two guy. And I think, I, I honestly think that um, it wouldn't surprise me again if he was number two. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, 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 and, and it just it makes me not upset because I've never I've never talked to Mikey before yeah. ever. Like I've never DM'd him. I've never talked to him in person. Never, I don't think I've even seen the guy, honestly, besides on the stage when he lifted because I was there the whole time at 2019 Raw Nationals. But, like, I didn't even know until you just said it that he was second. Like, I thought Ashton was second. I just know Ashton Moss. That's everybody, I think that's yeah. everybody remembers from, from 2019 Raw Nationals. It was the Ashton Moss, not that Bryce won. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew that Bryce won, people just said, oh, Ashton Moss. Yeah. And to be like, well, he didn't just lose to Bryce. He lost to Mikey D also. Yeah. And I'm not saying Ashton's a horrible lifter. He's a great lifter, of course. The best right now. But, like, <laughs> Mikey D is still up there, man. Yeah. Like, he's doing some crazy stuff. He's, and he's he's a consistent guy, too. It's like he's in consistent numbers in the gym. I haven't seen – I don't know. Has he done a meet after 2019? No, no. I think a lot of the people, you know, especially within the, within the, flex, uh, within the flex family – hasn't really competed a whole lot since because Keiko yeah. just competed, which is another guy yeah. I would acknowledge as being underrated. Um, I think he definitely gets his shine as a lifter. He definitely mm-hmm. gets a spotlight on him at times, but he's not thrown into that same best lifter category as Atwood, as Russ, as Rouska, when yeah. he's he's about as good as it gets, especially with ninety three. 
Uh, but yeah, not a lot of them competed. And I don't think he, yeah, he definitely has competed, but based on his performance alone at 2019 Raw Nationals and he he didn't just, you know, fizzle off after that. He was compete yeah, he was yeah. still training, he was still putting up impressive numbers when he does post things on Instagram. And yeah, I I totally agree with with you on that and a lot of the comments on there were Mikey D and yeah, the dude is just ridiculous and um I think it's going to be the ba- I a lot of people talk about the battle of a- what well, Ashton Rouse is going to have. I don't think in a few years it's not going to be Bryce Lewis. In a few years it's going to be him and Mikey yeah. D. It's like Mikey D yeah. is going to be that guy who's going to you know constantly challenge him. Uh, I know people bring, bring up uh, Rondell Hunt as another person. Um, he's he's. I think people are hyping up that battle more, and then Mikey D is falling by the wayside, and that that proves that he yeah he can be underrated. Yeah, he's 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 definitely underrated. He's the he's an underrated guy. And then for the girl, I it's kind of hard because you know, first of all, female powerlifting is smaller than guys as is anyway because the numbers. Um, but somebody who I think everyone should watch out for, and I might just be saying this because I'm biased because she's I think she's a really good lifter, and I just went down and to Texas and just saw her. But uh, Jazz lifts. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Yes, I think I think she's under. I think she's gonna. She's coached by uh, LS. Yep. I think I think she is like slept on right now, but that's because she hasn't. She hasn't. She just started like powerlifting like a year ago, from like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, but I think she's like her numbers are shooting up right now, and I would just say I would just say watch out, like sixty nine class. She's. I think she's gonna. She's gonna definitely get up there in a couple, in either a year or so or. Just that, I don't know. I, I might be being biased because I saw her and I was like, this girl is the energy on the platform plus LS is training. And, like, basically her – she had, of course, she had beginner gains for a year. But other than that, though, like, if she stays consistent and her training keeps going up. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do know – that might be a problem. Yeah, I do know – I, I, I do know of her list. And she is, you know, a, a good lifter. But right now, I don't think I could ever overrate or underrate someone. Especially underrate someone who's that mm-hmm. raw and who's that green. Yeah, you know what I mean, just super green into the sport. So in the sixty nine kg, I mean, yeah, the sixty nine kgs, you have some real heavy hitters in there. It's like mm-hmm. I can't really underrate someone when they don't, you know, break into that top fifteen, top ten range. You know, exactly. So for underrated for me for the women's side uh, is Chrissy Paraki. Chrissy okay. Paraki is a national champion. And it feels like no one talks about that. It feels like no one really talks about the fact that she's a national champion. It's like she's an absolute beast. She is of a, a consistent lifter, and she built to that point. It's not like she, you know, just... It's not like she was sitting around just almost being a national champion and got it. She really had to work from a certain place mm-hmm. to get there. And I feel like as far as far... Especially with female lifters go, which... You know, I, I maybe it would make sense. I, I think it's the same with the Keiko category, too. Like, Marissa Inda, obviously, she's been dominating her weight class for how long? Of course, people are going to focus on her. Same thing with Heather Connor. Dominating yeah. her weight class for so long. Uh, Bonica Brown, dominating her weight class so long. No one's really going to, no one's really going to, or they're always going to talk about her because she's a beast. Yeah. But Chrissy is a national champion. It feels like no one really acknowledges that she's a national champion. And it could be just an Instagram thing. You know, again, one of those, yeah, like, so. who's marketed the most, who is active on social media, who has, the, who has the personality 
who has the charisma. And Chrissy is a fantastic lifter, but that's really all she does is post her, you know, lifting videos. She appeared on Two White Lights before, and mm-hmm. but that it doesn't seem to have any interest of, you know, getting herself out there as far as the social media game and the marketing game. Um, so that's who I would have to really underrate. It's like someone who won a national champion championship and no one brings up. Um, I would also maybe throw Jasmine Penn in there too, only because she was like, actually, and I know what I might take that back because I think people rate her appropriately. She was, everyone acknowledges she probably should have won the national championship and she's, she was the consensus number two. So like, okay. You're rated appropriately. It's not like someone saying that no one's talking about Jasmine Penn. She's not a great lifter. I think many people acknowledge that she's a great lifter. So yeah, I just think if you yeah. ask people in the USAPL, like who's Chrissy Paraki, they'd be like, um, yeah, not sure. Exactly it's like who? It's like I'm not 100 percent sure who that is. It's like, well, she's a national champion, so you better fucking you better know <laughs> you better know who that is because she's the respect. best. Give her respect. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, she's a winner. She's definitely a winner. Yeah, it's a but oh, it's an man. interesting debate. Like, what's underrated and overrated? Like, what qualifies something yeah. as underrated or overrated in that sense? Because I mean, it's uh, it a lot of times people are rated appropriately. And other times, like what you just said with jazz, like I can't really. Yeah, it's like, hard. Yeah, it's yeah. Hard. I like it's I don't like when she's so green. I can't be like I don't have a much of a. I don't really know what to go off of because she's obviously her, not. Her resume is short. Her resume yeah, is short. Yeah. I mean, sixty nine kg weight classes. That's yeah. Yes, yeah, I I just with me, I just like looking at lifters who like haven't done a lot. And I'm like I can just like sometimes you can just tell. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes sometimes you see people and it's like. Oh well, I can just see this person getting better, getting stronger, staying more consistent. Who they work with and stuff like that. Like I'm not gonna lie, for a while, I was thinking I was like, I don't even know. Yeah, I do know his name. I think Alex Lookout. Look, look loud. I don't know how to pronounce. It. Oh, Loco. Yeah, Lucky Luciano. Yeah, Loco. Yeah, I was like, this guy I was like, he's got to be freaking good as a 74. The next thing you know, he freaking moves up, and I was like, oh. yeah. I was like, oh well, that that threw me through a loop. But yeah. um, like I looked at him and people would be like, why? Why is he even on your radar if you're like, like where you're at? I'm like, well, I just like looking at people who who haven't done a lot yet. That's like with Tony, like Tony Wynn. He was before he came to Midland. He's still good, but like before he came to Midland, like I was just like, dang, this kid's like, you know, I'm looking at him like, oh wow, like this kid's hitting numbers. Mm-hmm. Like I like I just look at people's videos and I'm just like, oh well, these people like had and they could have it for a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, whew. I, I, don't, I don't want to ruffle any feathers here, but I would say Tony was the guy who talked himself into a lot of battles and then might be, he might actually had that overrated label for a little bit because he was a guy that was getting way more spotlight than a guy like Alex or Aiden Raider, who I don't think those guys are underrated or overrated. Aiden Raider's acknowledge and Alex are acknowledged as super young lifters who have a lot of potential yep. and that is their perfect rating. He, on the other hand, is getting into, you know, some, uh, you know, Instagram stuff with Pug, with you. Yeah. He's getting in those conversations I'm like, this dude's numbers, even if he has a 9 for 9 amazing day, ain't going to catch up to Pug and Perk. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I like, like, and then when that happens, you get King of Lifts reposting you. They get him on the story and stuff. And... Then, you know, since then, I haven't seen much. I know his meets haven't gone great for him, so 
that to me is an overrated label is popular on social media but once you get the platform you don't see those numbers yeah it's kind of it's kind of hard to you know we've seen it with with Pug, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Brooklyn and the Shadows. I love, you know, I love, but like, that's, sometimes it just happens, you know, when you talk about stuff and you say, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of, that's a lot of weight on your shoulders. You don't ever hear me saying, you know, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be Taylor. Well, I, I, well, you gonna, do, sub, you do subliminally bring up that no one acknowledges you. But that could overrate you pretty quick there, Perk. If you say, if, if you say, yeah, no one's acknowledging that I'm going to be Taylor, and everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah, we are. It's, it's, just, it's. I, I would say it's almost the same thing as talking shit or talking trash. Yeah, in a sense. I, yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not wrong at all. <laughs> it's just that. Like, my difference is that with mine, when it comes to saying, like, oh, no one's looking at me, mm-hmm. that's not saying that I'm definitely going to do it. I'm just saying, you're acting like that. I'm not right here, and I'm not right behind Ted. Like, I could be him. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But some other people are, like, when it comes to Pug, Pug's like, oh, yeah, you know me. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm about to go on this thing, and I'm about to win yeah. it all. Yeah, and, and that's, like, yeah, and I think that was to his detriment, too, was mm-hmm. because he talked that, and we were expect. I mean, when you say that, we're expecting it, you know, or at least something close. And I mean, I had Pug on during that time too, and you know, I kind of got it. I'm like, you know, it's a very smart thing. You're creating interest in the sport. I like that. I like organic rivalries too. And it did seem like it was organic rivalry between him and Atwood. But the yeah. the the double edged sword there is, what if you don't do it? Then exactly. then all of a exactly. sudden you get the overrated label. And I think based on what Pug is as a lifter, you could say what you want about his talking, his antics. He is a great lifter. He is fantastic, especially in that division. But now because you put yourself on such a spotlight, now you have an overrated label. And if he was just a quiet dude, I'm not saying this is what he should have done. I'm just saying if, if it was the case, if he was just a quiet dude, humble, didn't really say anything, no one would be calling him overrated. No one will be even calling him out. There's no shame. There is no shame to losing to Taylor Atwood. No one, no one is, no one is hard on someone else because they lost to Taylor Atwood. Because if that's the case, every 74 kg in the past four years is useless. And they're not. They're yeah. all great. They're all. I mean, they're great lifters. If you go in and don't say anything, and you lose to Taylor, no one will be like, "Oh, dang, this person sucks because he lost to Taylor." Yeah. But if you go in and don't say anything and you beat Taylor. Yeah. You're you're a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like, what what, what, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> Literally what happened. Yeah, yeah. So that's why that's why I feel like it's better not to talk but still, you know, give your opinion on stuff like, oh well, I feel like if this oh. happens, if this happens, then this could happen. Yeah. But you know, you don't have to, you know, just go out there and you know say that I'm going to do it. It's just a totally different thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You and give it to yourself, but not give it to the public. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really and and I think Pug had that strategy, and I think he knew exactly what he was doing. And I actually applaud him for that because he definitely got himself into into a spotlight where he can get actual, where he can actually create, he can actually create business out of this, or he, yeah. he can use that to his, his advantage. And he has, he has used his following to his advantage. But it just, it's a price you pay when it comes to it. Because I, yeah. I mean, I I bought this up because we we share the same coach. I bought this up to Joe. I was like. You know, C bombs twice in two straight meets and 
no one is talking shit to C because he's such a good dude. He's so humble. He's, he keeps to himself. Like, if you do start talking shit, like, man, why are you? It's going to suck. You know what I mean? And I don't want to bring it up. Yeah. to the, And I, so we all had sympathy for him. But Pug misses weight. And then everyone oh, starts. And then everyone it. sharpens their pitchforks. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right. All the people we might have talked shit to in the past, which he, you know, has, are going to have a field day with it. And it didn't help on the same day you totaled 800. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, that pissed me off. I was like, bro, you telling me, like, cause no, no one knew that I was doing that meet except for the people that were at my school. No one had a clue. And so we were talking in our group, Edgy Public, like, yeah, I have a meet. I'm like, I'm about to compete the exact same day as him. Like, this is gonna be great. He'd like, compare totals, all that type of stuff, see what he does. I can look at look at what he's doing at his meet if I wanted to, you know, on lifting cast. I'm get, I get to bench and I look on my phone. Yeah, I didn't make way, so I'm not gonna compete. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually, I, I would assume that was actually just a great moment for you. Not the fact that Pug missed weight, but just that day. Yeah. For, I mean, again, for all the the rivalry that you four had within the 74s, and the goal was to total 800, you know, Taylor nukes it and goes, what was it, 812, 815? 812, yeah. Yeah, 812, it's like, all right, well, he just surpassed the, the limit of 800 and went beyond that. So, of course, mm-hmm. people gave him his credit for that. But still, if you total 800, you're, you're, still, knocking on, you're still knocking on the door of, of yeah. being the best 74 kg and arguably one of the best lifters in the world. But when you total 800 the same day as your competitor doesn't perform up to the expectations, there wasn't a part of you like, fuck, that, that, was, that, was, that was sweet. Like, all that <laughs> shit talk, all that shit talk between us, and we compete on the same day, and I actually fucking did it. Yep, and, I did actually do it. And really, and really, I would say it's a rivalry between you three, because it's really all the, you guys trying to dethrone Taylor. It wasn't really ever a competition mm-hmm. between you three trying to out-total each other. It was you mm-hmm. trying to catch up to the to the king. Yeah, it was it was just a race basically to see how far how who could get closest to Taylor in the least amount of time. That was basically the goal. And like uh, like we talked about, Michael had his chance first, and unfortunately he bombed out. And then Pug had a meet, and he was supposed to go next, but because I was going to go to Collegians, but I was going to lift equipped anyway, so I probably wouldn't have. Yeah. Tried to hit 800 till probably Raw Nationals in 2020, which never happened. But I switched it around because of conflict issues with college and stuff like that. And so I lifted at the meet the week before Collegians. And I programmed myself for that, of course. And everything worked out. So I was freaking excited. <laughs> I cared. Nothing, nothing was better than me than totaling 800. Like, people were like, are you not upset that you didn't total as much as Taylor? I was like, my goal wasn't to total yeah. as much as Taylor. My, my goal was to total 800. I completed my goal. So it made me happy. Yeah. So were you train? Were you so throughout that? Because again, you kind of hid it from us. You kind of hid it from the powerlifting world that you were competing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really. And also, I know that you actually yourself don't post a whole lot on social media with your training. So yeah. Um, I didn't know you were going for that. And that day, when you know, when we saw your squats, I was like, "Oh shit, Perk is competing." <laughs> then you squatted three hundred. And when you squat 300, we're thinking he's definitely going for eight. Yeah. Like, there's, I mean, you just don't squat 300 and then call it a day on your bench and deadlift. Like, he's going for eight. 
So we're tuning in. And so the entire time throughout that process, was that the goal for that meet? Was was to total 800? Yeah, that was definitely the goal. Like, mm. I programmed myself. How I, how I programmed myself, I programmed myself to where I know when I'm done with my last two weeks of training, I know where I will hit. Yeah. And so what I programmed myself for was 800 keys. Okay. And so I knew I had I knew I had the squat 300. I knew I had the bench 280. I mean 180. And then I know I had to pull 320. And though to be honest, the one that I was most nervous about was people if they're if they're powerlifting and you know me and know everybody is that bench is my least. You know. I mean, well, at first it was until now, which I just looked up, and apparently I have the four times bench of 2020 um, for 74s. So. And that was my, I thought that was my weakest lift. So I thought, like, ah, I don't know about this. Like, especially since, you know, I caught COVID during that time. I was like, it pushed me back two weeks. I'm like, I don't think this is going to happen. But just that day, I just had a good day. Because, you know, I have, I, have just, I have good meat days. That's just how I am. Like, mm-hmm. when it comes to coming in clutch, I, I just know I have to show up that day. And there's nothing else about it. I've always been like that with other sports, football, and stuff like that. Like, training and practice can go bad. But when it comes to meat day, you, have, you have to leave it all out there. There's nothing like, oh, well, I'm going to have a bad day. You tell yourself you're not going to have a bad day. Yeah. And so just that day, I just, I ended up having a good day. I got my bench. I missed my first bench, though, because I tried to do, I saw Taylor's, I watched Taylor, Taylor's meet video, and it's like on his last bench, he literally, like, felt the press command. You get what I'm saying? Like, he timed it, like, literally right yeah. when the the judge said, like, the, the P sound. So yeah. I tried to do the exact same thing. And ultimately, it failed because I failed. <laughs> I failed the bench because I jumped the command. Yeah. But at that point, I was still nervous. I was like, "Oh, I might not get it," but still, my coach let me go up and stuff like that because he knew what I wanted. You know, I wanted eight hundred. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it did seem like you emptied the tank on that. We had a previous episode on uh, the Texas Strength Classic on Sean Noriega, like just not emptying the tank and still having this momentum build. You did mm-hmm. that, but I think in your situations it was different because it's almost at a point where you have to be within that range to catch Taylor. Yeah. And I, I guess, but I guess there would have been no foul to you if you didn't try to go for 800 that day, because I, I've said this a lot. I even said it about C's performance where he still fucking killed it. it. It's crazy. We're talking about him underperforming at a meet and he totaled, I think 1700 at 74 kilos. Yeah. You, dude, you do not underperform meets if you're totaling 1700 at 74. Like, that's yeah. still an extremely good number, but it's like, do you even want to go for 800 that day? Because yeah. Taylor's not there. You're not there. You get nothing if you – USAPL doesn't send you a, a plaque if you're like, hey, thank, good job for totaling 800 kilos. <laughs> it's not even – I mean, it's at this point, it's not even a national record. Yeah. Right? It's – or, I mean, I think Taylor Atwoods was – I think there was national refs there. I'm not sure because uh, it, was, it was a COVID meet, so – some meets yeah, yeah, do, some meets don't. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was a national record. Yeah, so it's a national. He would not, he would not win to it if it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, so like, it's you don't even get the national record if you total eight hundred. You don't have your other competition there to really you know go based off their numbers. So I don't think there's any fault of you know saying, you know, we're gonna take something like seven eighty five, seven ninety today. Get that, leave some in the tank, and then you know gunning mm-hmm. for next meet, but. I guess it's a different story when you actually do it like you did. Yeah, I, I wanted it. That's why, like, I, what had me tired was when I did my last squat, if anyone, like, has seen me squat and knows my squat, that was, like, 
definitely the worst looking squad I've ever had. <laughs> like I came up crooked. I had a hip shift and everything back. And so that took so much energy out of me. Like I was like sitting there, my back was cramping and which side, I don't know, I think it was like the left side when I was coming up, I had like a hip shift. So the left side of my lower back was super tired. I'm getting the bench. My back's cramping on bench, not because of, you know, sodium or anything, just because like I was tired. Like I, I had used all my energy for that squad. Yeah. And so um, I was nervous the whole time, and that's what made me pass out on my last deadlift. Like, I literally had no Oh, you, you passed out? Time. I thought you just fell. No, no, no. I definitely passed out. <laughs> yeah. I like, couldn't I tell. literally saw black. I was, like, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's it. I was like, yeah, that's it. And I was like, I'm going to catch myself, and then I just I just blacked out. <laughs> and, yeah, I was just like, I literally had no energy left. Like, after that, I literally sat down, and we went to eat after. But I was like, I went home and crashed. Like, probably slept for almost... 10 hours like I was I was done for and I'm I'm glad I did it I'm not upset about it like putting myself in mind pushing myself that hard I think that it was worth it in the end even though like it was a national record for me because it was a junior national record yeah and honestly do I think a 74 is going to total 800 by the time I leave the junior it's probably not because I'll total more than that but yeah. I just thought that I should you know put everything I had out there for it I mean I think I had a little bit. I probably had two and a half keys left on bench. I didn't have anything left on squad. I probably had like five keys left on deadlift. But I mean, hmm. on that deadlift, <laughs> I would have yeah, said I, I would. I would have said that might have been that might have been it on that dead. You think so? Yeah. But I'm I looking. Think, I'm, I might. I might just go view it again just to see. With, yeah, you can go look at it right now. But I just to me though, I just feel like it moves super fast because when when I know I'm gonna fill a deadlift, it doesn't move that fast. Okay. So that, that's why I say at least two and a half to five at least. Okay. I mean, Anything, that's... Five, five might be pushing it. I'm not going to lie. Five might be pushing it, but two and a half for sure. <laughs> two and a half for sure. Yeah. Yeah, as I'm pulling that up. So, I mean, I mean, actually, and it was also a good time for you to do that because that was November, correct? Yeah. So, like, I mean, and really... the first week of November. Yeah, because I guess I'm speaking a lot in hindsight, which I, I think I'm guilty of, especially in this situation. Because you're in November, you know, you didn't compete at Raw Nationals, obviously. There was no Raw Nationals. There was nothing going on in October, so you had nothing to do there. You, at that point in our lives, we didn't know what's happening next. We didn't know if Raw Nationals was going to be in October. We didn't know if the Arnold was going to be in June. That was kind of bought up, was the Arnold was going to be that June mate. And that got moved. That I mean, the Arnold apparently is not happening until 2022. So they're already wiping out yep. the 2021 Arnold altogether from the looks of it. But when you don't have any idea uh, when Nashville is going to be, and you still have a lot of time to rest up, recover, get some other blocks in, get another whole training block in, I, I, I see no – yeah, I guess I, I don't see any problem with you going out empty and take on RP10 on every lift and trying yep. to make some history and also still put you in a good position and be like, all right – when you and Taylor meet again, it's it's not going to be a cakewalk for him. He's gonna he can't go seven for nine, six for nine, and win seventy fours. He has to go eight for nine, nine for nine because you're going to be mm-hmm. right there with him. So yeah, I guess uh, yeah, I guess I, I would say in C's case it might have been a little bit different, but still, like if that's if that's your number, if that's your goal, then I guess you just have to do whatever you can to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what's next for you then? Because I understand, you know, a collegiate nationals, junior nationals is coming up, and that's gonna be that's gonna be the next big meet for us USAPL guys is checking out some yeah. of the some of the young guns in the USAPL. 
Well, what's your plans on that meet then? Uh, so I am going to quip for this. Yeah, I know other raw people hate that. Like, why is he going quip? But for people who don't know, I'm pretty sure I haven't told this story before. But um, I, when I was recruited to Midland, I which is, I say the number one college for powerlifting. <coughs> but um, <laughs> I think I think um, two white lights is a pro UTSA podcast. So sorry. Uh, okay. We apparently got the label I, I as pro UTSA, so I'm I'm gonna ride with it. Go go go, runners. Um, well, uh, I got recruited for equip because I've never lifted raw before. I've probably lifted in three USAPL meets, one IPF meet. Uh, <laughs> I was, you know, I was a decent lifter. I wasn't, you know, known by anybody. Nobody was looking at me. Uh, the coach definitely took a chance on me, which I appreciate. Tim, of course, which was, you know, 2019 coach of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got recruited for Equip, and so that's why I left Equip at Collegiate. Yeah. <laughs> People are always like, why does he always do Equip when I was Because I was recruited for Equip. Um, we, we as a team for Equip, we won last Collegiate Nationals, but I didn't lift the Collegiate Nationals, but uh, I myself have not won as a team with the team yet, and so I would like to do that still, so that's why I'm lifting Equip again and not trying to fight the, you know, fight the lifting raw, which really doesn't matter with me. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna equip, and the goal is uh, to total two K two hundred. I mean, two thousand uh, at collegiate nationals. So yeah, that's that's the goal. Man, if you do that, you might be putting a single ply on the map again, because that's what we. I mean, if I because I actually last podcast we talked about it with uh, Ian Bell that watching him because oh, yeah. I mean I don't get a whole lot of chances to watch equip lifting like you just don't especially. Nowadays, he really, mm-hmm. you know, open nationals isn't something that it used to be. Um, I guess we'll have no choice but to view it at this year's nationals because it's all it's all being combined: raw nationals, equipped nationals, yep. bench nationals, youth nationals. We're all gonna see it uh, that that week. Yeah. But I I didn't I didn't get a full appreciation of just how great it is until you watch someone really good do it. And Ian Bell is one mm-hmm. of the best. And I. I was that was seriously one of the more entertaining parts of the Texas Saints Classic was watching him, and we kind of need sure. that. We kind of need someone within that single ply realm to be spotlighted on something like a primetime session, and he was so that's awesome. But also a guy like you, who's obviously known for being one of the best raw lifters in the world, and going to single ply when their last meet was raw and really killing it there and putting up something stupid. Where you know you might you might get uh you might get people interested in going in gear again. Yeah, I think uh, I, I don't know if we talked about this last time we did our podcast, which is like you said two years ago. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think people should try if, if you don't want to try complete equipment because I'm not gonna lie, complete equipment does take a lot out of you, uh, it zaps you a lot. But if you, I would definitely try a, a raw with the wraps of me, especially since USAPL has it. If you want to say USAPL, but I mean. The gear, there's nothing anything like it. It's it's more exciting than raw. It's uh, you get that that adrenaline pump. It's like, oh well, I have to make sure I get wrapped on time. If it's not wrapped on time, like I'm in trouble. Um, uh, when you put a bench shirt on, it's like, dang, I didn't know I could probably bench this much. Deadlift suit, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't used it yet. I plan on using it now though. Just try to you know, just try to help me with that 2K total, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's great, man. Like, the adrenaline, there's nothing like it. Like, raw lifting is great. Not gonna, I'm not hating on it. I'm not bashing it or anything. But, like, equip lifting is has always had my heart. 
Hmm. And like, I love it. Like, it's fuck. Like, it's just, it's bro. It's amazing. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how to put it. Like, it's not. There's nothing else like it, honestly. Yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of a bold take there, saying that you know it's. It, and I have heard people say it before too. Not exactly single ply lifters, but raw with wraps lifters, saying it's more exciting than lifting raw. And it was a lot of the mm-hmm. the, the things that you mentioned. Um, is a lot of a lot of people bring up like the the strategy of just wrapping your knees. And getting onto yep. the platform on time, and really, it's so much more things you have to think about. And there's a lot more th- you have to think about on the platform as well. The walkout becomes mm-hmm. crucial at that time. Where yes. if you're a raw lifter, you could kind of fuck up your walkout just a little bit. Be like, yeah. all right, I'm, yeah, I have no ability to save myself the there. Yeah. But if like yeah. if it happens happens with um, with an equip lifter, I've seen a few just rack it on and then go back out and you know try to save themselves on the time. Um, and that, then mm-hmm. it makes powerlifting a little bit more to the truest element of its, uh, of, of the sport because the time kind of existed for that equipped type lifter. That one minute yeah. actually becomes raw lifters don't care about that one minute. You're not going to yeah, time out. Raw lifters don't care. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to, if you time out on a squat and you're raw, you're just fucking crazy. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, like me. Whenever, whenever I'm, I'm lifting equipped, it's like, like you want to be done with your rap when your one minute starts, because you never know what's gonna happen. Like you yeah. want to be able to, like, right when that person gets off the platform, you want to have those wraps on. You want to be have your your straps up and have your belt on, walking up to the platform just in case you have to re rack or your walkout doesn't go as good. You don't get it on your back right. Like everything, literally, people be like, oh yeah, powerlifting is definitely about technique, but when you're raw. Yeah, it's all about technique. But when you're equipped, multiply that technique you have raw by like ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like if you if one thing is out of line, you're wearing equipment. You might as well just go sit back down. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well unwrap your knees and go sit right back down. Like there's literally no point. Like, like the craziest thing that happened at the Strength Classic was uh, one of the lifters. I don't know if people know. I would call him Kim Cows and Kilos on Instagram. Okay. He literally got the squat command with three seconds left. Like he was still putting his wrist wraps on at like 20 seconds. And we're like, we're yelling in the crowd, like ditch the wrist wraps, bro. Just ditch them. Like, I know it's going to hurt, but just ditch them. Like it's not, it's literally not worth missing a lift. And he puts them on everything. He gets it. He walks it out. It's like 10 seconds left. He's getting his feet set, like making sure his feet are the same right with toes are pointed out. And he literally gets the down command with two seconds, one second left. Yeah. And that's like, Crazy. He got the look too. It was his, I think that was his last squat, and that was better than his opener. Like easier than his opener. I like, guess crazy. Yeah. That's another thing about equipment too. That your your third attempt can also look like your opener. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it only it all depends on how you use the equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I think you're doing a good job marketing equip lifting, man. I think. Uh, yeah. I think. <laughs> I think uh, people might get a little greater appreciation if you just market it that way. But I, I completely agree with you. Always, people assume that USAPL lifters, raw lifters, don't respect single ply. I don't think that's the case. I think a lot of people do. They respect it more than multi ply. That's for damn sure. I think most people oh, yeah. respect it more than multi ply lifting. And there's so many good lifters out there who do single ply, and they do it in such a correct, respectable fashion. And I, I guess I, when people talk about the differences between untested and tested, I think you really have to start looking at just how they handle equipment. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
that's something that's not talked about enough, and that's something I think a lot of uh, a lot of the untested guys don't even want to bring up. Once the equipment goes on, the excuse is no longer well. If you get parallel, you're probably good. Mm-hmm. No, not in the USAPL and IPF. You still got to sink your squats in a single ply yep. suit, and they look to a they look to a better standard over there. And I think that's something that a lot of those guys don't want to talk about because it will mm-hmm. kind of debunk all the things that they love about their own division of their sport. Yeah. Exactly, like like another another fans, of course, they when they do lift single ply and multiply, they don't have to squat, so you know. Parallel, at least, anyway. Like, all the multiple squats I've seen have definitely been above parallel, not even below parallel. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why a lot of people don't like it as much because it's not held to the same standards. But in, in USAPL and IPF, it's definitely held to the exact yeah. same standards. If you, if you don't hit below parallel in equipment, they're not giving you your squat. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, you know, you, you know, he's in equipment, so I understand why. No. Yeah. No, definitely not. If you don't hit, if you don't hit depth, they're, they're not giving you that. <laughs> Hate to break it to you. Yeah. And um, another thing, since you talk about marketing, it, another reason why I'm going equipped is because, oh, I don't know if I should say this now, but I'm going to say it now. But, um, um, when I go to nationals in the summer, mega nationals, I compete on Thursday raw against, you know, everybody, Taylor and everybody 74 KG class. But <laughs> after that, two days later, I'm lifting equipped also. Wait, are you lifting equipped on Sunday? Saturday. Saturday? Yep, Saturday is equipped for That's my weight class. So, oof, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You can go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. Yeah, <laughs> I, trust me, I know. I know. Are you looking I forward know. to that? Doesn't even sound like you're excited. Oh no, I'm not excited at all. <laughs> I'm literally hitting what I have to hit to win, so I can make, so I can get the world team spot. And then after I get the world team spot, I plan on going to World Games, which is the part I was talking about marketing. So if you the, Mar, uh, the World Games is the closest thing to the Olympics that powerlifting has. So you literally get the exact same thing as an Olympic lifter. Like when it comes to like someone follows you around, you don't leave your hotel room. They supply everything for you. Okay, you're 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 literally in the Olympics, and you just you you're basically an Olympian. Basically, it's just World Games though. Damn. And this year it's in it's in America, so it's in it's in Alabama this year, and it's like. And it's not like people who do other sports don't respect it. It's definitely still a respectful thing because it's the next step down from the Olympics. Every four years, it has multiple sports and everything. So it's not like it's just, oh, it's just a powerless thing like IPL Worlds or something like that. No. It's like they have tennis, track, everything like that. So it's, it's for the people basically who didn't make the Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard about that before. And I think that is like, I, I guess as far as powerlifting goes, I think that's what they should aspire for is something like that mm-hmm. and not necessarily the Olympics. We talked about so yeah. many things about uh, two white lights. If we if we con- consistently try to plug the Olympic push, you are not going to make powerlifting more legitimate. You're not going to make it more mainstream. It's just going to become another Olympic sport. And mm-hmm. really, when you factor in the whole – like the Olympics as a whole – so many of those Olympic sports, no one gives a shit about. And I think powerlifting might eventually become another one of those. So 
I, I think if the if a world game exists, it's like, okay, guys, the world games exist. Don't try to push anything higher than that because it's not even worth it at that point. And it's it's not it's not even going to be a good look when you start getting into, you know, you have to tell people, yeah, there's a whole other side of the sport that's untested. And yeah. we're trying to get money here, and Olympians really don't make money based off their countries paying for their – I mean, so many, so many of the people who go to the Olympics aren't even sponsored, and they have to pay a lot of the stuff out of the pocket. So, I don't know. I, I guess uh, I think as far as marketing goes, it's good to consistently get just maybe into that one singular. But going anything above that for the Olympics, I, I think it's wasted time and effort. Oh, yeah. and you could be, and you yeah, could be putting yeah, your effort sure. into so many other great things to actually to bring in money and make the sport uh, be seen by multiple people. Because even the Olympics, yeah. the ratings for the Olympics aren't great for certain oh, yeah. things. It's definitely going down from four year to four year. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not it's not increasing tremendously for sure. If anything, you see the same same would decrease. Yeah, yeah. And try to yeah, look up but, try to look up look up Olympic events on YouTube. See how easy it is because a lot of the times they don't give rights to people to look up Olympic highlights. Like ESPN doesn't show highlights of the Olympics. If yep. if the men's hockey team is playing, you have to find those highlights probably on NBC Sports or something or whoever's airing the Olympics because they don't even air the highlights at ESPN, the worldwide nope. leader of sports. So nope. Yeah. That's, yeah, but like I was saying, though, that's that's what I'm striving for. You know, it'll look good. You know, it'd be great. I would love the experience. It's all about the experience. But yeah, but when it, if it comes to money, of course, and yeah. you want to make money powerlifting, I would definitely stick it to. I would stick to the raw side and do your thing and, you know, try to get that, that those sponsorships that you need, especially if like, you don't feel like paying for those national meets or those world meets. That's what, that's what I strive for. I remember when I was in high school, I used to, or even middle school, I used to think about like, I used to Google like how to get sponsored and power. What is a professional power lifter? You know, people know that professionals are basically people who get sponsored and get money for doing the sport that they do. Mm-hmm. And I found that, you know, when you make it to that point, though, it's like, you feel great. Like, you feel like you're on top of the world. Yeah. So it's like, like, I'm, people know, if you know me, like, I keep saying, I'm with A7. And so, like, I don't, I don't pay to go to nationals. I don't, like, everything's covered for me because I put in all that work to, you yeah. know, get to that point. So if you need something to strive for, I mean, to all my young lifters just listening, I would definitely strive for that. Yeah. If that's what you want to do. If you want to power lift for, you know, a long time, you care about longevity, and you want to keep doing this, and, you know, it's not just the... Because some people, of course, powerlifting is just, you know, it's just a sport they do. or not even mm-hmm. a sport at all. It's just something they do. You know, just to, just to have a good time, you know, meet new people and stuff like that. But if you want to make it, like, you know, part of your life, you got to strive high, man. you got to mm-hmm. shoot for the stars. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you on that one. I think the World Games, though, is going to be a terrific experience for you. And that's uh, and I think it's so good for the sport. I, and also, just uh, something like something that a, a lifter that could – an accolade that's unique to them. Because you know, you know, a lot of those top lifters, they can't really hold that claim. Doing the World Games and being a national champion raw and continuously like going back and forth between single ply and raw, um, that'll be – yeah, I think that's actually a, a really good thing for the sport that will that will that will help it, and I think um, that'll be a great accolade for you as well. And yeah, and to all the other young lifters, like that's something you should strive for. Like a lot of people do. There's a fine line between you know cringe 
and getting a sponsorship because you're a great lifter. There's a very fine line. It's almost non-existent. It's you're you're always yeah you're always going to be teetering on that line if you're a young lifter. But yeah, like you said, like it's it's always a great thing to go after because if you want to get your travel expenses paid for, you're even just at bare minimum your meat paid for the equipment. Mm -hmm. The less you can spend on your hobby, the better it is. You know, you know, not a lot of not a lot of hobby. Even if you want to qualify powerlifting as a hobby, not a serious competitive sport, you can do that. But you know, people like to golf in their free time as a hobby. And golf Callaway, yeah, Callaway isn't paying for your golf clubs, right? You know, all all Nike isn't paying for your golf cleats. They're not paying for your nope. shit. They're not paying for your thing to go to go on vacation. And uh, they're not pay- in powerlifting. You can get that in powerlifting. You can you can get your gear paid for. You can get your supplements paid yep. for. You can get if you want to go to Daytona Beach and compete for a week. You can get that paid for. So it's not it's not a bad goal yeah, to if have. If you want I'm to not, go to Daytona Beach and, yeah. and fly to Daytona Beach and go sit on the beach and you not pay for any of it, yeah. <laughs> shoot for it, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not it's not a bad thing. Or you know, I mean, all those all those other festivals too. Because like say the, the Olympia, like a lot of people I know. Yep. Uh, who are sponsored by supplement companies, they get a booth at the Olympia. Of course, you have to work it, but you're not paying for your hotel room and you're going to be in Las Vegas for about a week. Not a bad gig. Telling you, not a bad gig. Exactly. Not not the I'm worst thing at all. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I got to ask you this because I think, I think it's long awaited. We have the two white lights lifter ratings yeah. being posted. This... People assume that I'm just giving these fucking things out. Like, I'm just giving people their lifter ratings and that's it. They think I have some sort of calculator in my mind. No. The lifters give me them and I want to see if I agree with their numbers. So that's where you get the cards from, people. Now, Austin, from squat, bench, and deadlift. And maybe we'll throw in meat execution. We're still in beta stages on these lifter rankings or these lifter ratings. What would you give yourself on each of those on a scale from 1 to 99? We won't go 100 because we're saving those for, like, fucking John Hack. Yeah, of course. For John Hack or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) John Hack or Daniel Uh Bell or something. Um, All right, let me see. Can I write on this? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so. um, Okay, for sure, I'm going to say this out of the gate. I don't care who hates me for this. If you listen to this and when you see it on Instagram, I really don't care what you think about this when I say this. I think my squad is 99. I don't okay. care whoever who, whoever has anything to say about it. I'm pretty sure I have a 99 squad rating because, first of all, I have the highest squad at 21 years old as 74 kg lifter. And it is a national record. It's an open record. If you want to say Taylor Iwood is better than me, which he is right now because it's higher. total total is higher. I squad more than him also. So, okay. as a 78. As a 74 lifter, I would say my rating is a 99. You have, That's another question. Hold on. You have the all-time world record squat, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, by our scale, because I gave myself a 98 on deadlift. Okay. A 97, 98. <laughs> yeah, a 97, no, 98. 90, 90, 98 would definitely be, yeah. Yeah, 97, 98. Like, 97, 98, because I, don't have, I no longer have the all-time world record on the deadlift. So, I don't think anyone's going to hate you for stating a fact that you have the highest squat of all time at 74. Yeah. So I I, I really have no debate there. Okay. I'll I, t- I think, I mean, 99 is appropriate, right? It's like you can't really go wrong with it. Um. Okay. Now, all right, here we go with the bench. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest with everybody on here. 
Uh, I've been asking around what people think my bench would be. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I like I want to be. Let's let's be honest, because I mean, at first my bench was definitely trash. I'm benching three, but I bench three ninety six now. And if and this, I was going to ask you also: Are we going off of weight class? Or are we going off of in general? I would say stick to weight classes because you can't really. It's so hard to okay. quantify everyone else in this. Okay, well, if you can look it up now, so since I know you you're on your computer or your phone, yeah. I'm pretty sure that I have the fourth highest for 74, but I'm I don't I don't know if we mean all the time or if we mean in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Well, because if we go off the last couple of years, I have like the fifth or sixth highest. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so no, yeah, it depends. Like yeah, it it depends. Well, all right. So your bench press is was a 180, correct? Yeah, it was 180. Dude, if you're a 74 and you're benching 180, you have to put yourself. At definitely over a ninety. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna go between the 93, 95 range, but yeah. that's because if we go off meat execution. Well, meat execution is this whole separate thing. I know, but you didn't have that on there at first. So now Oh I'm no, no, it's like well no, that's something I have to bring up on the thing because that's a that's a new category we're playing around with. Okay, okay, all right. Well I'm so, gonna but, go but in a meat you you bench one one eighty. Yeah. So yeah, I would so, say that's still like a ninety two, ninety three, definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ninety three. I'll go, I'll go ninety three. That's, that's yeah. That's I, I, no debates, for, no debates for me on there because even in the seventy fours USAPL, there, there's, there's some heavy hitters with like guys who can. I, I don't know. I just saw Anas Anbar. He just benched one eighty two. Um, so that'll mm-hmm. be like a ninety five or something, or like a ninety six. Uh, when you, when you're over four on seventy fours, you're just, you know, you're not really, you're. Yeah, I mean you're incredible. Like you're 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 one of the best at doing it. So <laughs> I would I would go over ninety for sure on you if you go one eighty because there's just not a whole lot of lifters at seventy four who can do that. It's not like it's not like um like a six fifty squat in ninety three where it's like it's a good squat. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but a lot of guys can probably you know mess with six fifty at eighty threes. So all right, yeah, I I would I would agree with you. There's no disagreement there with your uh, squat. Are your bench, your bench. Okay, so we're so we're going nine and three with the bench. Oh yeah, that's fine. With deadlift though, I would probably go since you give yourself a ninety eight or a ninety a ninety seven ninety eight, I'll give myself a ninety six ninety seven. So I'll say ninety seven. Because not a lot of seventy four is pulled seven hundred. <laughs> it's only like three of us. Yeah. Or four. So it's it's me, Taylor, Eric, and Cho. Yeah. Pug, if I'm sure. It's only four of us. Yeah, I, th- I think all all of us have pulled seven oh five except for Eric. I think Eric pulled the most. I think that's the only person. Yeah, Eric. Eric has the world record or the uh, the American record. I don't know about the world record. My my world record knowledge is a little hazy um, with the seventy four. I mean, with pretty much all, every weight class. I can look it up right now. But again, I would agree with you. I I think a seven oh five will put you in like a ninety five range within the seventy fours. It's you know better than a lot of. I would rate it higher than your bench, and your bench is at a 93, so I would say 95, 96, and I think we're realizing here is this. Your lifter rating, let's see, when we calculate it super quick, very simple calculation, we're just going 99 plus, what you say, 93? 93. Plus uh, 96. 96 overall. Here's the thing. I'll take that. 
I I if I put on the lifter ratings, we're gonna see because I love I love the interaction and the fucking arguments that I get with this <laughs> because they're like, oh, what's Taylor Atwood like? Probably a ninety nine, guys. <laughs> like yeah. probably we're probably looking at a ninety nine or like crazy ninety eight, and and people, it's it's so crazy how quick the sport moves because it was in twenty twenty. You guys were all talking about who's gonna be first to total eight hundred. Is it even is it even possible? Is it going to happen this year? And you have two people to do it. And say if Taylor Atwood doesn't total 812, and you're the only one to total 800, we would be putting you at a 99 right now, right? Yep. So, so right, so it's like, it, that's how crazy the sport moves. Now it's 812 that his number, and he's obviously, I would say 98, 99, and you're only 12 mm-hmm. kilos behind it. 96 to that 99 isn't very far. And I, no, I don't yeah, like, I don't think I don't think people realize that when we do like the lifter ratings and especially with something that happens so quick is it was a sacred number that you guys were passing around. And it's really you two and not a whole lot below that. I, I think I think mm-hmm. C I think C if he puts his best foot forward his last meet can total possibly 785 to 790. And that's how that's what I'm talking about, how quick the sports move. If if you totaled 790 in 2020. At seventy four, good, good God, you're every bit as, you're every, you're every bit as good as Atwood is, right? Yeah, it's like it's just that's what happens when the the numbers keep on pushing. So ninety six, I I I that's what I was guessing going in. I was gonna say ninety five or ninety six. Ninety six is a perfect rating for you. Yeah, I, th- I think that's perfect. When I, when I think about it, I compare it to because I used to well, I I would play if you know I had a PS five they weren't freaking sold out, but. <laughs> <laughs> When I uh, play the PS4 and stuff, you know, you play 2K and stuff like that, because I'm guessing this is, like, yeah. around, like, the type of stuff that the ratings come from. And, like, LeBron would be, you know, like a 99, which he's a GOAT, and you would compare Taylor Iwood to being a GOAT, of course. So I, I could give him a 99, 98 rating, which would LeBron James, that's what 2K, 2K yeah. would give him. But if you compare me, what do you – under LeBron, who do you put? You put KD. Yeah, I would probably Steph say – Curry. Probably KD. Like, yeah, Seth Curry. Like Seth that. Curry, though, like with the adjusted overall with the defense, would be like yeah, would yeah. be adjusted so low that now hurt your overall. <laughs> so, no, no hate to yeah, Seth Curry, can... but that's all I'm saying. <laughs> like that's how ratings work, guys. So, so for me, example, like my bench drives my overall rating down insanely, and that's for good reason. Like, there's a reason why I'm ranked seventh going in the Raw Nationals. Because yeah. I'm really good at one lift, decent at another one, and really shitty in another one. So my overall and my total is affected by that. All this makes sense, and we're not just throwing numbers out of our ass. We're pulling numbers yeah, out yeah, of our yeah, ass, yeah. people. I'm telling you, it, makes, it makes sense in the long run. So, yeah, that comparison yeah. is good. So, like, if LeBron is a 99, but, see, if we're creating two WL or two white lights, 2021 or some shit, and we're making the video mm-hmm. game, and if we're talking about 99 ratings, which we might do something for 99, if we're just doing with USAPL lifters, I would put Ashton Rouska 99 and Atwood 99. Mm-hmm. Like, I would put those two, as far as male lifters go. If I go females, I would probably go Heather Connor 99, 99. or 98, and Amanda Lawrence 99, 98. Or, and then throw in Daniela Mello, even though she hasn't competed in a while, but based on her previous performances in like 2019 at worlds that's a 99 98 total 
you know what I'm saying? So, like, there will be mo- there will be multiple 99s if we do this within the USAPL because you have to take into factor, like, how, how long they've dominated a weight class, how far they're ahead of other people, and... Exactly. And uh, Atwood, yeah, Atwood's, like, the clear... I, I think would be a clear 99 type of guy, but if you're 96, obviously you're contending with them. You know what I mean? Like... You yeah, could, you, you, could, you could win a you could win a lot of games with a ninety six overall guy, <laughs> like right. That's a, that's that's a great card right there. You get that on Madden, Madden Ultimate Team. You got ninety six overall guy. Yeah, it's like you got you got ninety six overall at quarterback. I'm taking that. Yo, that's yeah, fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, ninety six is high. Like I'm not I'm, I'm not mad about that at all. Ninety six yeah. is great, especially if you put not t- me being three points under Taylor. I'm I'm definitely fine with that. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. I'm content. Yeah, I agree, and those ratings are adjusted uh, accordingly, especially after Raw Nationals, because mm-hmm. uh, it's going to get interesting over there. Because you're only uh, right now best days, best day to best day, only twelve kilos behind. So last time we talked, it wasn't necessarily like that. How 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 it has changed since then? It's actually kind of cool. If we go back and listen to that first episode, <laughs> we're talking a whole, we're talking in a different tone. You and I. Yep. You're talking yeah. more in a sense of a really enthusiastic college kid, which you still are for the most part, who's just like, man, Taylor Atwood's my hero. I just want to be in the same, you know, I, I want to be, you know, quoting him with him one day. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about you take, taking his spot. It's pretty It's pretty cool progress. Yeah. <laughs> in two years, definitely, I would say to myself, <laughs> that's pretty good progress to, to go from being scared to do a podcast and talking to somebody that I talk to often yeah. <laughs> like to, to people be like, to not falling off. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's great. I, I feel good being here and being in a higher spot, feeling more comfortable than, you know, being that same old kid that, yeah. that was scared to talk and didn't know anything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's one thing I, I, I vaguely remember from our first time is you said something along the lines of you hope that Taylor Atwood passes the torch to you. Do you still have that thought, or is it, I don't want him to pass a torch to me, I want to take the torch? Oh, well, I definitely want to take the torch. That's that's definitely the goal. Uh, see? <laughs> that's the ultimate goal. See, that's what a confidence does to a person, yeah. right? You're talking yeah, about yeah, passing yeah, torches, like, oh, you know, I would like to see him retire on top like Tom Brady or some shit, or Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about, no, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to move past them. Yeah, yeah, like, I, the... It went from a goal to having your my idol pass the torch to me to now he's my rival and I would love to take he's, he's he's still one of my favorite lifters. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I love Taylor. But you know how much more it would mean to me to beat him rather than him retiring and being like, Oh well like like the belt retiring the belt. And yeah. It's like, Oh well, I get the belt now because I'm number two. Yeah. Be, beating the number one guy definitely hundred percent would mean a lot more. And I would not. I'm, I'm gonna say this now. I would not lose respect for him at all. Me beating him, oh. I would. I'll probably at that moment if I do beat him or when I do beat him, I would, I'm 100 percent will cry. I 100 percent will cry. Like there, there, there won't be a. Yeah. There won't be a like. Oh, like I'm so happy I beat him. Like excited. Like you know. No, I'm gonna cry on that platform if that mm-hmm. happens <laughs> or when that happens. Like, yeah, it's just how it is because he's the guy that I've always looked up to. Yeah, I I I agree with that and. That's um, I I think I said on the pa- uh, past episode. I think I said it might have been with, might have been with Flex, that I said, there. I mean, I think in sports just in general, 
there's no greater feeling than dethroning the the king or the champion or mm-hmm. the dynasty. There's no better feeling than doing that. When you're a dynasty, it turns into you trying not to lose and still maintaining that momentum and being on top. And that's draining. Yeah. But that first feeling of you pushing a dynasty out and you becoming that next person in line, that feeling, like that very first feeling, I think you talk to a whole lot of high pro, high level athletes. That's the best one. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I, th- I mean, everyone, everyone and their mother watched the Last Dance documentary, and you even you saw the change in Michael Jordan when he won his first championship when he beat the Pistons, who were the dynasty before him, and they won their first championship. You saw how happy he was, and then after the third one, like he's happy, but it's just like you could tell that his mood is completely different. Yeah, and it's not the same as dethroning. Yeah, and I, I think I think uh, think you're you're in a pretty good position to do that, man. So good luck with everything. Glad you came yeah. on. I glad we got to the conclusion that you're not underrated anymore. That's that's a good thing. <laughs> I, I could. I'm still posting the meme today, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm still posting the meme today. I'm not throwing a jab here, but I was I was seriously waiting for you to come. I was waiting for you to come on the show. You guys are gonna get some inside information because this is dropping on Thursday, and you're gonna see it like when we are talking or just right after we're done talking. I'm posting on two white lights. I was waiting until you came on the show to drop that meme, and fucking Garrett posted on his story without my goddamn permission. And I was like, now I don't have a watermark on that shit. That's my meme. I take my memes very seriously. I was going to post it as soon as that was going to be a two white lights original meme too. I don't post a whole lot of those. And he, and he, you know, he took the piss out of it. So now I got to repost it, see if it has the same effect. Or if someone's like, why'd you steal Garrett's meme? That was my, it was my meme. It was my credit. Give me the credit I deserve here. If you, all these lifters are talking about, give me the credit I deserve. Put some respect on my name. I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. I care about my memes, though. That's what I care about. <laughs> I don't care about anything. I don't care about anybody lifting. But my memes, okay. my memes are what I care. Yeah, that's 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 where that's where I'll talk some shit. Cause I'm like, oh, par- I I put it upon myself. I'm the official meme maker of the USAPL. So I gotta I gotta uphold that the 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 title as official meme yeah. maker. Like I gotta do it. I'll meme. I'll, I'll, I'll meme anything, but I think it's perfect for you because we could we couldn't go a day without you saying that you're the most underlooked or over or overlooked under underrated seventy four kg lifter, and all of us in at, at once are like, "Hey, do you think Perk's amazing?" We're like, "Yeah, right." He's like, "He's he's great." Like, "Hey, do you, hey, dude, do you think Perk's good?" Like, "Yeah, we think he's incredible." It's like, does anyone? Like he's been on King of Lifts twice. He's been on Two White Lights once. Like everyone thinks he's amazing, right? Like, yeah, we're all in unison. That Perk <laughs> is incredible. Like, does Perk know that? Like, I think we got to tell the guy. <laughs> like someone, someone got to let him know. Apparently, he didn't get the memo. <laughs> but that there is there is a running joke here at Midland, and people are always saying on the channel like, "Remember when you you made your Instagram handle the underrated seventy four kg?" <laughs> I was like. Yeah, I remember that. And they're like, I actually thought that was a, I'm like, yeah. I thought that was a. I thought when you posted that the other day, it was a joke. No, no, that no, was I'm a serious I'm handle. Just, 
I re- I had you on the show when you were I had you on the show when you were Perks of High Bar. Yeah, it was before that. It was before that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, because I mean, I because again, like, I don't want to. Hey, you know what? I don't want to give myself a pat on the back here, but I acknowledge that you were fucking incredible before anyone else, before <laughs> King of the Lifts, before. <laughs> Before all the, because I was looking, because you know you were you were boys with uh, Shane Nutt, or you still are. You're you know you both yeah, yeah, you go to Midland, right yeah. yeah. You like, <laughs> and I was following him. I was so green to the sport too. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. that was. I mean I wasn't even in the USAPL yet when I was you know watching you oh, and Shane. Yeah. I was I was still you know doing APF shit. So like I was still kind of learning my way around the lifters and all that stuff. And Shane, I obviously knew immediately. Big deadlifter. 83 kg guy and i i may, maybe it might have been a few reposts here and there or just coming out of my explorer and i looked at my like, holy shit this dude is legit this dude is legitimately strong and i'm like i i gotta look out for his next competition and then you compete and i'm like i gotta get this guy on the show and that was before <laughs> everyone else right i mean i mean yeah, yeah, i mean no, you gotta you're, you're, right, you're right like i like, like i said you're the first you're the first podcast to have me on, man. I I always appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna give myself I'm gonna give myself a pat on the back there because I was, yeah, and I, I remember because you were and I you uh you were doing high bar squats and I was like, dude, I got no excuse to have like a, a you know a small high bar squat up to seventy four. This seventy four kg kid is going over six hundred. I'm barely at like five seventy. And so, yeah, man, I, I was, I was, I was blown away when I first saw your page, seriously. Like it was some in, insane lifts going. I'm like, and especially at your age and you were one of the guys who didn't fizzle out because we have that, uh, we had that show topic of how many of these young lifters are going to be relevant in the next five years. And that does happen. That's why we bought up the show topic yeah. because it does happen. And we're talking, you know, two or three years later and you 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 had that momentum that a lot of people actually create and actually did something with it. So kudos. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. When yeah. we get to you're coming to Daytona, right? Yeah, I fucking made the cut, man. Wi-Fi yeah, was yeah, working that, that day. Yeah, that. <laughs> Wi-Fi was on, baby. I was in. I was in, yeah, because we have to do a whole show about the rosters now and do like a little topic about this. But I was in surgery levels in the bathroom because I don't want to be bothered. I had my laptop in there. People probably thought I was doing something else, bringing a laptop into a fucking bathroom, but I'll let your mind go wherever it wants to go. But I was, I, I was in there and I just kept on seeing the screen like shut down. I the website kept crashing on me. So I'm like, that's it. I'm not getting in. I'm like, this is it. And uh, you know, apparently uh, a lot of people just didn't want to sign up for raw nationals. And I think I, I got lucky there. Like a lot of people just not really registering. So I got in. I'm happy. Uh, I'm so happy that, you know, all the work I try to do to improve my total was judged by my internet speed. So that was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by internet speed, man. I tried like so hard energy. to get in the prime time, and apparently it just came down to how good's your Wi Fi? Good? Yeah. All right. Yeah, good. You have to pull up the spectrum yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to pull up at your Wi Fi place if you wanted that spot. If you didn't want that spot, I'm sorry, man. You were using McDonald's Wi Fi. Yeah. Like, <laughs> man, I was scared too. Oh, uh, yeah. At search. Yeah, but I'll be there. And uh, I, I know you, I know you're going to be there, man. Yeah. Well, if you're, um, if you're still there after I get done with um, equipped, you got to get a drink. 
Oh hell yeah! I'm we yeah. I'm some... planning on getting several. Okay. Uh, several well, in me one. that weekend. So. Well, 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 one one round, at least two rounds are on me. That we'll be good. All right, but if you're paying, then you know let's make it four. Yeah. Yeah, I'm only no, if you're if you're if you're paying, I'm only drinking with you, Perk. If you're if you're pay, if you're if you're paying for everything, A7's gonna pay. A7's gonna pay. It's A7. All right, all right. I'll get I. Yeah, I'll get stoic to pay for yours then. We'll, right, okay, we'll just be let's keep on going. It's a okay. it's a partnership between A7 and stoic on uh, who can get the most drinks on the house. <laughs> all right, brother. Good luck with everything. I can't wait to see you uh, do your thing at Raw Nationals. Good luck at Junior Collegiate Nationals. I will definitely be tuning in for that because I think that's going to be uh, – you're going to put on a show that day, man. So I appreciate it, man. All right, man. Uh, that's going to do it for Two White Lights. We're going to be back Monday with the 104th Avenger, Jawan Garrison. Get excited. He's coming on Monday. Peace.